0: Have you heard of Raise Them Well? It's our company that we started back when I was pregnant with our second son Hutch, and we couldn't find the supplements and the trustworthy products that we were really looking for for our own family. And so Wiggy and I decided to create our own and Raise Them Well was born. We provide a lot of different products, including vitamins and supplements for your children, really great magnesium products, Prenatal vitamins and more. So make sure you check out RaiseThemWell.com for all of those offerings, especially if you're looking to clean up your family's products in the new year and maybe just get a little bit crunchy. Everybody and welcome to Healthy Discourse. It's Emily here with Dr. Wiggy, and we are going to cover a uh, listener request today, and that is about MTHFR. So um, I'll let Wiggy tell us a lot more about it. I think it sounds like something really confusing complex and very difficult to understand so we hope to in a short episode give just a few details around what it is why it matters how to tell if it's something that you might be struggling with and um, what those individuals who do have the mthfr mutation need to do to help keep themselves healthy so Did I cover it all? Yeah, it's
1: a lot of things. So where do you want to start?
0: (laughs) Well, why don't we start by you telling us what is MTHFR?
1: Sure. So MTHFR is an acronym for a lot longer word, and I'll try to not butcher it here, but it's methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase, uh, MTHFR. And basically what that is, that's just an, an enzyme. And the reason why this enzyme is important is because it does play a very important physiologic process in our body where it takes the uh, folic acid uh, that we get from food and from, from supplements, uh, folate, and it turns into the, uh, helps it turn into the active form called methylfolate. And that process is actually really important for so many different uh, things that happen in our body. And so if you, don't, if you have a mutation in this particular enzyme or in this gene, then all those things get slowed down. Mm-hmm. And so they don't, they don't work very well. And uh, the things that it, that it does influence, so it has an important role in things uh, such as neurological development. So typically, pick, think about you know folate and folic acid for when a baby is developing and their their neuro, neurologic system, and it is super important for that, especially again if you have this mutation. So it's really important for the brain. Uh, it does have an effect, effect on neurotransmitter production. So it does have effect on. Uh, psychiatric conditions like anxiety depression bipolar schizophrenia kind of all those sorts of things it also plays a role in cardiovascular health so Mm -hmm. this can be a risk factor for cardiovascular disease Uh, and then also is really important for the immune system Uh, so it does affect our body's ability to fight things off it also affects our predisposition towards autoimmune diseases and last but not least it also plays a really important uh, role in detoxification So if we are exposed to a lot of chemicals and toxins, we do have a harder time clearing things if we have this mutation.
0: That's a lot of things, like you said. And so therefore, it's something that is really important for people to know if they might be struggling from this or not. So when you typically test someone for MTHFR, do you kind of do that for most everybody or do you look for specific symptoms before you run that test
1: uh so we can do it both ways you know some people are just curious Mm -hmm. because they have a family member with it so they just want to know kind of one way or another or they want to be proactive so a lot a lot of couples that are trying to get pregnant they will they'll ask to be checked for this because it does play a role in a healthy pregnancy Mm -hmm. Uh, it also plays a role with miscarriages so that's important uh thing to consider as well i would say the vast majority though is when a provider is talking to a patient and they have specific complaints so a lot of times related to those things that i was mentioning mm-hmm. so sometimes it is just uh chronic depression that they can't get control of uh, autoimmune diseases that uh, are also just uh, staying very active um, cardiovascular disease risk so all those things that either you know patients are complaining about them themselves or again, if you want to be proactive when we're talking about to our patients and they're giving us a family history of those particular things, then we'll oftentimes be more inclined to do testing for them as well.
0: Right. So talk about the testing, what that entails, and then the various different results that are yeah. possible.
1: So testing is pretty straightforward. So uh, it's a simple blood test. And almost all major labs are now offering it, so it's offered through LabCorp and Quest, and so it's a simple test uh, to do. Uh, you just have to know which one which one to order. Uh, and basically, when you when you do the blood test, you'll get a re- report that comes back that basically says yes or no as far as if you have the mutations, uh, and then it looks for the uh, the most common mutations. So again, I'm trying to simplify this as much as possible because it's fairly complicated, but there, there are two major mutations that we look for with MTHFR. One is a mutation called A1298C, and another one is called C677T. Those are the two most common mutations. There, actually, there are more, but those are by far the most common ones. And so if we see either of those mutations, those count as a mutation. And so you can either have, uh, you can either have one or two of either of those, mm-hmm. or you can have one of both, um, or you can have none. Right. And so none is the best, that's what you, that's what you want, that's, mm-hmm. the, that's kind of the wild type, and that's what's considered to, to be the most healthy uh, option. But it's pretty common to have uh, at least one mutation in one, of those, in, in one of those mutations.
0: And then it is possible to have two.
1: Yeah, so that's what I'm saying, so you can have one of either mutation. Mm-hmm. You know, again, one of the A1298C or one of the C677T, or you can have both. Mm -hmm. And if you have both, then that's, again, that's two copies of the mutation, basically. Right. Well, and and you can also have, again, two of each one. Mm -hmm. So you can have, again, basically, you need to have zero copies, one copy, or two copies. That can be a combination of the different mutations. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay.
0: So um, would you say that for, am I correct in saying that the more mutations that you have, the more this is important to pay attention to and yeah. consider for your own health, as well as, like you said, fertility and
1: yeah. And so, so the reason why having a mutation is important is because it does impair the ability of that enzyme to do what I was talking about earlier, which is convert the folate into methylfolate or the mm-hmm. folic acid into methylfolate. And so, if you can't do that, then all the other things that I was mentioning get slowed down. Right. And so, if you have one mutation, it, I think it slows it down by like I think it's like 25%. And then, if you have two copies, it slows it down by about 50%. So it's a big it's a big decrease as right. far as how much uh, of this process is able to happen. And so there are work there are workarounds. So there's other kind of uh, genetic pathways that you can go down to kind of help get around this uh, this problem. But if you have those two mutations, and this is again, has been well studied, is that it really slows down that process. And when you slow down that process, you, you slow down that gear, which affects all the other gears. know, again, neurotransmitter production, cardiovascular risk, immune system, and detoxification. And so if you slow down all those other gears, then again, you can have lots of different problems.
0: Sure. Okay. So let's pretend that you, a patient gets their test results back and they have one or two copies. What are your next steps to help them
1: mm-hmm.
0: with th- that particular challenge?
1: Yeah, so the nice thing with doing MTHFR testing, because uh, there's actually something you can do about it. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, you know, genetic mutations may be helpful to know as far as, you know, what someone has or doesn't have. But when you can't do anything about it, it's just actually more frustrating uh, and can actually make the, the patient feel more hopeless because there's nothing that can be done. But with MTHFR, this is actually a relatively easy fix. Again, the whole methylation process is very complicated. So, you know, we were doing testing for all the different mutations in all the different genes that affect methylation. But that gets overwhelming really fast. Mm -hmm. Some people that are super complicated, we still consider doing that testing. But we try to kind of keep this a little more simplified and focus on the bigger picture. So if someone has the MTHFR mutation, if they have one copy can they have some impairment of ability of that enzyme to work, if they have two copies. I do consider that to be a bigger, a bigger issue. So, and again, what happens is, is they're not able to make methylfolate well, right? And that's the end product that is disturbed with this mutation. So the, the nice thing, the beautiful thing is you can get around the mutation by just giving the active form of folate which is methylfolate. Mm -hmm. And so we can just bypass it by giving extra methylfolate, and typically we combine that with uh, methyl B12 Mm -hmm. because, again, there's other pathways that are involved in this. But by combining the two, we kind of bypass the problem, and typically we see improvement in those other functions.
0: Right. So um, as an example, for many years, um, folic acid was... um, was recommended for all pregnant women Mm -hmm. and what we know from the what we know about MTHFR is if I have one or two copies of MTHFR then folic acid is not going to be easily absorbed by my body which is why now there's recommendations most of the time hopefully for women to take methylfolate Mm -hmm. instead of folic acid because that seems to be the most popular their most common difference. So can mm-hmm. you talk about what methylfolate is versus folic acid?
1: So, yeah. So, um, and I'll clarify a little bit what you said is that with the mutation, it's not necessarily an absorption issue. Okay. So, you, uh, people that have the mutation can absorb folic acid fine. They can absorb it through their food and they can absorb it through their, uh, through the supplements. The problem is when it gets into the bloodstream, gets into the cells, they're not able to convert it. Okay. So they're not able to convert it into the next product, which is the methylfolate. That's the active form. So the problem when you take, again, let's say, with the prenatal vitamin and you're taking folic acid, you are absorbing the folic acid. And, and I still believe that there's benefit for even for uh, folic acid for uh, people with MTHFR, especially with pregnancy. There still appears to be some benefit there. So, so you still be taking something at least, but mm-hmm. I do think the active form is a better form to be taking, mm-hmm. if, again, especially if you don't know um, or I mean, especially if you know, but even if you don't know, probably better to do the active form, because again, the problem is is that you're not able to convert it. Right. You convert some, you know, so there's there's some activity still um, left in the in this enzyme. You just don't convert it as efficiently mm-hmm. as you do if you don't have the mutation. Gotcha. So that's the difference. Is the folic acid is kind of a, considered kind of a you know the first step in the process, and then methylfolate is kind of the second step in the process. And so you can have plenty of the substrate, the first step, but you're not able to make it into the next thing, which is the methylfolate. And that's what's, and that's really what you need. Right. You need the methylfolate more than you need the folic acid.
0: Talk about for, and this is of course not your necessarily area of expertise, but um, talk about why this is important in, in babies and young children
1: uh, as well. Well, it's important for everybody, Mm -hmm. for sure but it's it's important for yeah for for kids uh especially as they're growing and their brain is is developing it's because it is important for the nervous system mm-hmm. you know again it's been pushed strongly that all pregnant women need to be taking folic acid because it helps prevent neural tube de- defects, but also it's just important for proper central nervous system development, and that development doesn't stop you mm-hmm. know after just after a baby's born, that development continues for a long time. Right. And so you want to be giving the building blocks necessary for a healthy nervous system and immune system for a child as they're growing so that things will continue to, to develop normally and they won't be at a deficit of certain things uh, if they don't have this, this process uh, optimized. And so for, for kids, you know, if they're taking just the folic acid and they have the MTHFR mutation, especially two, then they can have a little bit of a deficit in the methylfolate, which can affect Again, those things that we talked about, like the neurotransmitters and their detoxification ability and their immune system to be well-balanced. Mm-hmm. And so they can, that can, again, predispose them to having, again, other problems. So when we ever, whenever we have kids with these specific complaints, especially things like immune system disorders or, uh, again, nervous system issues, again, anxiety, depression, um, autism, uh, ADD, any of the things that the, that the brain is responsible for, then it is important to check for MTHFR because that's a simple, that's a relatively simple fix. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it's easy to check. The testing isn't that expensive, and the treatment isn't that expensive. You just can, yeah. you just give the the missing link, which is the methylfolate.
0: Sure, and this is why in all of the supplements that we make, both at Raise Them Well and at Health as It Ought to Be, everything is in the um, we we include methylfolate in all of our multivitamins mm-hmm. as well as uh, methyl B12. And um, for this exact reason, because we want to give kids um, the most ease the already converted, right? Mm-hmm. right. <laughs> Am the I saying form. that correctly yep. now? The yep. active form, the yep. active form of, of the vitamin. And that is really important and when you're looking at your supplements, especially um, it, it can feel, incredibly overwhelming to consider all of the many options out there and all Mm -hmm. of the promises made on the front of the bottle and it's really important to look and see what are the sources of those vitamins and um like i said it can be overwhelming but looking for Mm -hmm. methylfolate methyl b12 as is not terribly difficult and if it's not on the label then that's often a sign that probably they're not using super high Quality ingredients Mm -hmm. from what I've found anyway.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's fair because methylfolate is more expensive Than folic acid. So it's a lot easier just to use folic acid versus uh, methylfolate But I think it is important to be to understand the significance of this Because yes, a lot of people will will do the testing and they'll know whether or not they have the mutation but a lot of people don't know Mm-hmm. Or, or a lot of times they'll go and say, "Hey, is this important to be tested?" And the doctor says, "No," and you know, or I don't, I can't test it because mm-hmm. they don't know you know what to do with it a right. lot of times. And so um, I would err on the side of assuming you have it mm-hmm. um, until you do the testing, because like I said it's better to, to kind of err on that side versus the other side, because this also is a relatively common mutation. So this is not something that happens you know one in a hundred people. Sure. Uh, most, I would say that there is actually 50% or greater of the population likely has at least one copy of the mutation. Mm-hmm. So that's a pretty big chunk. You know, it's, that's uh, I would say the majority have at least one copy. And then there is a smaller percentage. I believe it's about 15 or 20% that have two copies. Mm-hmm. But again, but still, that's not those are not insignificant numbers. And so again, if you have one copy, that's impaired functioning if you have two copies it's a much more impaired functioning mm-hmm. and so in those cases you have to be even more diligent about getting the active form of folic acid the methylfolate.
0: sure and i mean and with this knowledge and when especially if you know you have one or two copies or or in our case um hmm? we test we before we had children i just asked him real fast if it was okay to say that's why <laughs> before we had children we each um tested ourselves and we each carry one copy which means that we can uh, the way genetics works we Mm -hmm. can have children that have one or two copies but it's very likely that they will that they could have at least one Mm -hmm. so when they were infants we were we were we made some medical decisions for them based upon that knowledge and that's important to to know that's and to know to do research and and look at what are all the things i need to take into account um for myself and definitely for my child when looking at what, what this could look like. And, um, because we aren't all the same Mm -hmm. on the inside, just like we're not on the outside. Um, and, and that did, that did drive a lot of our decisions and we also did supplement them when they were little. So,
1: um,
0: just to, to be safe and prepared and hope to, to give them the best start possible.
1: Yeah, one thing i probably should say uh that i think it's good to clarify here is that you know when i'm talking about this mutation and the risks that that are associated with it again as far as neurologic issues cardiovascular risk immune system risk it doesn't necessarily mean that it's causative Mm -hmm. it just means that it's associated with right so i also don't want you to freak out if you Mm -hmm. go and do the test and you're like oh my gosh i have two Mm -hmm. copies of the mutation i'm gonna get you know, All schizophrenia and heart attack <laughs> mm-hmm. and autoimmune disease, you know, some point in my life, it doesn't mean that. Right. All it means is you have a higher risk of things. Right. And just like with kids, if they have two copies of the mutation, they are at higher risk for those things. That's, the, the studies are well established as far as the association mm-hmm. goes but it doesn't mean that it's causative. So it doesn't mean that this means that you're going to have these problems down the road. It just means you're higher risk for those things.
0: Right? Right. that's a good, very, very important point right. as are most things, right?
1: right?
0: There's, there's very little that, um, automatically means that we're going to have X, Y, and right. Z, but it's a great awareness and it's also a good reminder of how we can individually make sure we're taking care of ourselves. Paying attention to certain things, looking for really good informed consent about decisions that we're making and digging deeper into what we might want to consider when we're making decisions for our family.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a great point because this is kind of the first step into individualized care, genetic testing and making decisions based on unique genetic you know, makeup. I think is where a few where the future of medicine is heading in a lot of ways because we're not all the same mm-hmm. and this is just one gene you know, right like thousands and thousands of genes that all play different roles in our body this is one gene that has been well studied mm-hmm. you know and we're studying these genes more and more and the more and more data that we have about unique risk profile based on genetic makeup is going to really help shape things as far as you know as far as what sort of decisions and uh, things that that you'll do, kind of as for yourself and for your, for your kids, because it does affect the way that they respond to environmental stimuli. You know, certain things that they're exposed to, it does affect the way that they're able to, um, or which medications are better or worse. That mm-hmm. that kind of helps you play a role in that. It affects the way that they're able to get to, to detoxify. So you have to be more careful with what sort of. Uh, Food, like so, if you didn't choose more organic or conventionally grown foods, or dyes, or all those other things that are that are more toxic for certain kids compared to others. Right. And so it does it does play a role, and it allows you to be more proactive, and allows you to kind of make better informed decisions. Sure.
0: Well, we always appreciate having. Um your requests and we've had a few lately that we've been able to cover and this was a good one so if you have requests for topics you can reach out on uh, to us on social media or directly through the anchor platform but we always appreciate our listeners like i said feel free to leave us your questions and also leave us a review wherever you are listening on apple Podcasts or spotify or whatever listening app you use we always appreciate those reviews as well thank you again and we'll catch up next time